it was just surreal to be out there and it, 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 yeah, I think about it now it's, it's just you know it still gives me a little bit of goosebumps it was a, just, just, a, just you know I can't really put it into words as you can tell but yeah. uh, something that works with yeah. Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome back to another edition of Ross Meets, the series where I catch up with former town players and talk about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. Once again, hope you all are keeping safe and well in self-isolation and another week down in lockdown and it's been another beautiful week in the sunshine. I've enjoyed it, hopefully you all enjoyed it. I'm working on a bit of a tan at the moment. Uh, the sun is doing me very nicely indeed. I'm enjoying lounging in the sun and enjoying it. And uh, But here I am bringing you the eighth episode of the Ross Meat series. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to the previous episodes. It's been a pleasure to bring you these during the lockdown situation we're in. And uh, hopefully they've brought you memories. Hopefully you've enjoyed them during your walks, your runs, uh, or just chilling on the sofa. Just something to listen to. So if you're one of those people, how are you doing? Hope you're doing all right. But uh, yes, uh, here I go, the eighth episode of the series, and I have my first goalkeeper, which is in form of Scott Loach, and what a pleasure it was to speak to Scott about his time at the club. It was a, it was great to chat about his career as a whole as well. He's had a very interesting career from his early days to playing at Watford, where he made a name for himself at Watford and did really well there, and spoke about different moments during his time there, different managers, and of course receiving his first England senior call-up, which was which is fantastic for him. And he spoke about his memories of that experience, training alongside some of the big names like Steven Gerrard, John Terry, Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney, and just spoke about his memories and experience of that, which is fantastic. And then, of course, him joining Itchwich, his boyhood supporting club, and uh, spoke about him his early days at the club. And you know, he was actually at the academy as a young lad and spoke about how he became a, a supporter of the club um, in the 90s. And then now, as a, a grown-up lad you know, playing for the club, which, you know, must be a surreal moment for him, you know, coming back to the club and playing, which is fantastic. But, of course, it wasn't as successful as he was hoping it was going to be. Uh, he had, of course, Paul Jewell as manager, then Mick McCarthy came in. But he spoke about his memories, his different moments he had during his time at the club. And, unfortunately, of course, Scott has gone down the leagues since he left the club. Of course, he joined Rotherham and had different spells at Notts County, uh, had a good spell at Hartlepool, and now he's at Barnet under a, a man who's been on this series already, Darren Curry, who's manager at Barnet, and uh, spoke about him sort of reconstructing his career and um, it was just great chatting to Scott. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, let me know what you think and let's get right into this interview because I'm, I'm rabbiting on now and uh, I think you guys want to hear it, don't you? So let's get right into this interview and let's uh, hope you enjoy it. Did you always want to sort of play football you know, when you were a kid and yeah. stuff? Yeah, I did. I was... My earliest memories of my dad used to run like an old, he was like a side manager of an old, an old school, which was kind of split into two. And one, and one the site that we managed to live on had two, two or three old glass, glass, glass tennis courts, which weren't used anymore. So I remember being a five-a-side goal home, and we had like a, our own little five-a-side pitch. And it was, I think, from the age of six, so as early as I can remember, I had kids from all over that used to come and play because my brother's a couple of years older than me so they, I was always playing with older lads and the kind of obsession started then really Did you did you always want to be a goalkeeper or was it you know at that age you just want to do anything <laughs> no, don't you? No I actually came to Ipswich on two little um, at, at Ben Lane as an outfield player yeah. and um, I think it was, was it Colin Suggett the scout 
I think it was, he, he might have been the scout and uh, one of the goalkeepers got injured so I went in goal and it was, it was one of those games where I can't remember I dived the wrong way and it hit my feet or stuff like that and because I was just diving at people's feet you know you do as a kid yeah. you're a bit fearless he turned around to my dad and went he's a goalie um, so whether that was a compliment or <laughs> or a negative I still, still don't know to this day but then they invited me back training with Malcolm Webster then on Monday nights so that was so sort of the goalkeeper from the age of eight how long? How long were you at Ayrshire? Because of course you, I think you grew up. Did you grow up in Essex, or were you born in Nottingham? But you, yeah, I was born in Nottingham. My dad's job took us to to Halstead, mm-hmm. um, just outside of Colchester, and then I was there till I was twelve. Uh, no, sorry, eleven. We, we moved back up to Nottingham for for my dad's work reasons. Um, so I was at Ipswich, obviously from a, from a seven year old to an eleven year old. Mm-hmm. Of course, you, that's when you know it's very much documented that you're. You became a big town fan during that time because your dad was taking you to games. Um, so it must have been great, you know, being a fan, but also now playing for the academy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird one because obviously back in the day, like, I hard Man United fans, you know what I mean? You know, with the Schmeichels, Cantonars, yeah. the Beckhams, that kind of team that that grew up at the time. Um, but obviously, living in Essex, we never got to go to games. So when when I was at when I was at Ipswich and we started getting the free tickets that was entitled to and I think seeing Richard Wright in the flesh training when I was a kid that was just like whoa and that was like what made me kind of fall in, fall in love with the club and and have a and, I mean I've been lucky that it's played a big part of my life not just from as a kid but as an adult as well but that was really what got me going well, um, where were you sitting? Um, so the Bobby Robson stand that's where we used to get the tickets for yeah. um, I've got some great memories actually because obviously a lot of my family are Forest fans so they came, we played played them on Christmas it'd be interesting if you could find out the year around Christmas time because yeah. I remember my granddad and, and everyone my uncles they came down to have Christmas at ours and uh, we actually beat Forest 3-1 <laughs> cool. um, I remember Forest had Dave Besson in goal so that's as far back as I can remember <laughs> so obviously I went away buzzing like a little kid like massively buzzing my granddad and all them in the car not, not too too pleased um, I remember the 2-0 uh, against Man United and it would have been the Car- uh, Coca-Cola Cup back then when Tariq yeah. scored of course yeah um, and then obviously the playoffs against Bolton when we lost I remember going home crying in the car at night time on the way home but it was um, but there were some good games back then I mean there was some big players some big teams and you know being a being an 8 year old 7, 8 year old and, and experiencing that kind of up front and just getting them to see but they used to train on the pitch didn't they as well behind yeah. the bo- I think it's after turf now but sometimes they used to train there and you David Johnsons and you Bobby Petters people like that and it was just like whoa and as a kid that people will probably be listening to me now that aren't Ipswich fans thinking who are these players but yeah. you know when you have an interaction mm-hmm. with, with someone as a kid that kind of kind of stays with you forever yeah definitely you know watching Richard Wright you know the career he had at town and of course onwards you know that must have been great for you and of course you, you know you moved back to Nottingham um, you said 11 like did you because of course you couldn't then stay at Ipswich because that's a long way to travel to go to like just academy games once a week yeah. so did you straight away from there? Did you find a club? You, you went to Southwell United, I think it was. Yeah, well, I finished. I, I moved in the January, well, the Christmas. So mm-hmm. um, I had six months left on my Ipswich contract. And I remember Forrest were, were really kind to let me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a six-month trial, kind of six-month contract kind of thing. That they agreed that I could finish it off with them. And then but I didn't obviously get accepted at Forrest because they already had two keepers signed on. Mm-hmm. Um 
it was kind of a bit of a, a kick in the teeth because all I'd ever known is being in that environment. Yeah. I kind of fell out of love, love with it a little bit. I went to I went to Chesterfield, but then obviously being at secondary school and stuff like that, I remember I was falling asleep in the car before yeah. training, you know, because just a workload of being at being at big schools and then going training. I just said to my dad, I've had enough. I, I kind of want to be a kid and, you know, my dad was always good. My dad was not forceful in the fact that he made me do stuff. He was, he was like, if we're going, we're going, we're committed. If we're not, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But it's got to be one or the other. And I just needed a break, really, um, just, to, just to enjoy going out and building dens, you know what I mean? Playing yeah. stuff, playing heads and volleys with your mates, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so just, I was lucky then to kind of join Southall United, which is my local team, but I, I was playing a year up. Okay. Um, because obviously at school, obviously all, all kids of all ages play with you, wouldn't they? And uh, a, lad, a lad called Dan Wee, so I'll, you know, if, I'll always, if I ever write a book, I'll thank him for, for approaching me and, and getting me back into football, really. He, um, he comes and said, look, come and play for us. You know, you're good enough to play for our age group. And because and I was playing a year up and kind of st- standing out, that, that's what took me to Lincoln. I want to t- test your memory. Probably won't be, you know, when you were at Itch, was there any players that you can remember who was part of your age group who, went on to do anything or was that too hard uh, to Stuart Ainsley so I ended up going back to it she used to play with Jack which was nice mm-hmm. um, I remember asleep at the I think my dad actually played for Stuart Ainsley's dad was a manager or someone okay. I remember someone that I remember I was actually asleep at Stuart Ainsley's and Jack's as a kid um, Battle Knights was in there okay. um, who actually I played against in the FA Trophy for Hartlepool he's at okay. I think he's at Tam- uh, not Tam- Telford now he is, or something yeah. like that um, so yeah, it's good. He was he's a central midfielder now, which is weird because he was he was a little striker when I was mm-hmm. there. Uh, but apart from that, I'm not too sure that too many went on to to go and pl- unless anyone joined later of my age group. I'm not sure, yeah. but from my actual team, I can't really remember anyone that kind of went on. Then um, then Lincoln City came about. Um, you went to their centre of excellence and then signing a a scholarship there. Um, how did that sort of come about? and then I got invited down for a trial and it was kind of out of Notts County and, and Lincoln really um, you know when you go somewhere and you kind of get a good vibe I really like the goalkeeper coach at Lincoln um, he was actually the number two goalkeeper at the side but obviously you know some clubs like that they do two roles don't they yeah, to learn a little bit more on the side and I thought he was a really good guy and I thought the setup was great um, it was one of them they, it was a weird one because they had two keepers that were really highly thought of and they were like adamant they were going to get a scholarship because I didn't join until that year before. Um, so everyone, so the lads, to be fair, some of them didn't really take to me because everyone thought it was written in stone that they were getting a scholarship and, and why they were looking at a keeper. And, you know, fortunately, I, I went in and put in some really good performances and it wasn't, it, you know, it was, I think, about, uh, it was only about three or four weeks, the actual trial, and managed to turn heads and, and get signed up kind of straight away. Mm-hmm. You um you had various loan spells during your time there. Did that help you as a, as a player to you know go out on loan to a lot of the local teams around in the area? Yeah, I loved it. I think what helped me was you know it's changed now in football. I think mm. as young lads back then we were we were you know we would we had jobs to do otherwise we were punished. And for instance, we had a boot room bonanza where at Lincoln, if if you didn't do your job, you were locked in the boot room in the first thing. So. <laughs> for two minutes and all sorts of you know, Vaseline yeah. boot polish all over you you know you'd come out but if you did it the pros enjoyed it and I think with me because I did it and got on with them so well and kind of enjoyed it and kind of give a little bit back they really liked me and then I think 
going out on loan to play men's football, it kind of just came natural. I thought, I want more of this instead of, I mean, it's nice to say you play for a youth team, but I think if you can go get that, that feeling of winning and what it means to win early doors. I mean, I remember back then for Boston, I was getting like 30 quid a game. You know, when people's, when, when there's money involved and mm. it really taught me as a young kid what, what it means to win, lose or draw at, at, at that age. It doesn't matter the level because that's what we all play football for. Yeah, when I, when I speak to different players about their, you know, their early days and like, there's one player who spoke to me about, you know, he feels when he when he went out on loan, his goals, because he was, he was a striker, his goal sort of counts. You know, when you're playing for the youth team, you're not really, like, you know, of course it's great, you know, if you're a development and stuff like that, but it doesn't really count to, you know, winning, you know, three points on the line and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I always find that, I mean, I say this about, I said this to a young guy at Barnet this year and he's gone out and he went to, um, I can't remember where he went out. Hendon and he did brilliant he got play of the month for three years three, three years three, three months from it yeah. and I said to him that I said it's, it's, it's not just going alone it's proving that you're the best player there that why you are at a club and I said it's also good to make mistakes because if you drop one in the last minute and they score it, it shows you in the next game it shows you how you can bounce back and you've got to deal with these you know because sometimes you get little groups of fans that will start giving you a little bit of abuse and testing you and stuff like that and I think there's all different sides to it whereas if you go into the youth team and you make a mistake it's like oh it's part of the development mm. or oh he saved a penalty or he's developing well and I think so I think that striker who, who said that was, was probably right yeah. uh, then unfortunately you weren't offered professional terms at Lincoln City or, or were you I, I, don't, I don't know if I got my facts right um it was an it was an awkward one because obviously Keith Alexander, he was, he, they were great with me, Lincoln. But I kind of knew that because I was playing and doing well, I had a few, I had a bit of interest, and they were trying to get me to commit. And um, you know, I was I was kind of advised not to because you know the move wouldn't, wouldn't have really happened because obviously I could have been outpriced or because I'm not actually played for the first team. Um, so I kind of held off, and then. Yeah, Watford came in and Watford offered me a four and a half year deal as a young kid and I, I remember saying at the time I was like you, you can't expect me to sign a one year at Lincoln when I've got the chance to potentially go and do this and um, so there was a little bit of, bit of of a fallout at the time but you know it's it's not something I regret and everyone's all great with me you know I've made we're all fine, fine on good terms now anyway but um, so yeah it was kind of it was offered in Verbally, but nothing was ever ever written down and, and handed to me. Yeah. And you, you said you signed on that deal at Watford. Of course, at the time they were a Premier League team, but of course they suffered relegation. Um, I think during your first season there, um, Aidy Boyfriend was your your manager. Um, did you have much interaction with him? Of course, you're still young, young lad. Well, it's funny because obviously they, I went down in the March, um, mm-hmm. and they were obviously going for for this was in the Championship the year they got promoted, mm-hmm. so they were at a really important stage of the season. And uh, I, I remember they were doing some shape play against Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. so to, uh, preparing for Crystal Palace. And obviously, we know before he likes to go long and stuff like that. I remember him leaving that to his first team coach, and he took me on the pit. He went, Right, you come with me. And I was like, and he went, Right, let's see how far you can kick it then. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh my God, like, yeah. and I just had to take goal kicks. And luckily, that was one of my, uh, one of my, traits that I could kick it far and I don't know what would have happened if I if the first two or three would have just gone along the floor for, for Peter Nerves but um, so I was in with them early doors I mean I was travelling but 
it was bizarre. We were going to Wolves, we were going to Palace, and that, obviously I'd just been playing youth team at Lincoln or playing for Boston Town and stuff like that. And then the next minute I'm in the squad for these championship games, and I'm, I'm with Ben Foster every day and training with Marlon King and Ashley Young and players like that. And, and that was the one thing I did respect about Bruce Floyd is that he just threw me straight. He, he didn't care. He's like, well, if you're going to be a pro, let's just see how you deal with it. And it was like, well, then as a kid, I kind of just took it in my stride. I didn't really think about it. I suppose adrenaline got me through. Um, I started playing reserve games, and so I'd gone from playing for Boston Town and the Lincoln Youth Team. I'm playing against Bentner, Seb Larson for Arsenal, and then playing. I think we played we played we played Arsenal, West Ham, Fulham, and then Arsenal again in a week. Wow. We, we we won all four, and one. And obviously, that's not down to me. We had, a, had some really good players in front of me, but you know, it just reflects well on you that I've gone there in a week, and it was kind of like, well, this couldn't have started any better for me. Um, but again, I think adrenaline just took me through it. But I also think because they had that trust and that confidence just to throw me in and go, go on, and you're on, you're on, let's see what you can do. We we want you here. I think that kind of made me feel good instead of kind of putting me straight back with the youth team and saying, finish your score off and all this. Mm-hmm. I think it just gave me an extra boost of confidence and, and helped me kind of get over the line. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, once again, I forgot my facts right. And then you went on trial at Leeds. Of course, I had their problem, of course, with administration and stuff. Um, you went on trial there. How did that sort of go? Of course, you didn't end up going there on loan, but um, well, I went after that. The season what what was in the Premier League. I came back and I broke my foot in a really okay. weird. All I did was die for the ball, but because I was, I, I didn't really grow. I was only like just under six foot when I went to Watford, and I just grew. They were saying that my body grew too quickly for my bones, and it was kind of like the best thing that happened to me because I kind of got to sit back and look at what I really needed to do and watch Ben Foster up closely and kind of see what I had to do. So the whole, for, that whole, for the first half of that season, I was injured, and then the second half was about getting fit and, and stuff like that. And then it came to the pre-season, and Booth was like, "Right, I'm going to send you on loan." Um, we've got MK Dons that want to take you or Leeds want to take you and have a look at, at possibly signing you and I was thinking well you can't really say no to it whether it goes right or wrong you can't say no to Leeds so I went up there and I did the whole pre-season I played, played the whole pre-season for them I was with Dennis Rice and Poirier went to Germany played all the games um, brought them over there did really well you know got them really well like that Jermaine Beckford players like that they were putting there was all great with me and Playing at Ellen Road against Wigan stuff like that was it was great, but then the they went to administration if you remember, so they yeah. couldn't they couldn't sign anyone at the time. They could only sign yeah. players that were kind of under contract or been some. So Casper Ankrigan, I don't actually remember him, um, the Danish goalkeeper. He came mm. back because he yeah. had resigned for them because he'd been because he'd been released the year before. They could they were allowed. To, I don't know some rules, but either way, it was it was a great experience for me, which then. You know, sent me back to Watford, and they just kept looking to get me out on loan, which then uh, they eventually went to the conference to Stafford. <laughs> then you, of course, then had a spell at Morecambe, uh, Bradford City, and then you sort of got your your chance in the first team. Um, and there was a, I want to go more to your league debut because you made your your debut in the cup, but your league debut, and uh, I'm I'm sure you're ready for me to bring up the because <laughs> you came on in the fourth minute because there was an injury to. Um, was it Poom, I think it's in goal? I think I'll probably yeah. touch that. He got injured and then, yeah, let's go on to the ghost goal. That must have been a, a weird situation to be in. Yeah, it's weird. I've done a few interviews on that recently. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, I'm obviously enough. Yeah. But this question keeps popping up. I keep saying the same thing. I obviously, it came on. Mm. And, like I said about my kicking earlier, one of my strengths, but I, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if my first goal kick reached the edge of the box. You know, just pure nervousness. Yeah. I just... 
So I, I dusted that one, and then they ended up getting a free kick. They went out for a corner, and then this this Gauss goal happened, which is to anyone that hasn't seen it, please watch it because it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, and like I say to everybody, the thing that baffles me the most is not. I can understand the like. Well, I don't understand the lads for giving it, but obviously he's got a different view. But the fact that the ref is stood in the box. I can see the ball's not gone in. I don't get how he's given it. Yeah. So I've been on the pitch five minutes. I've hit a bad goal kick, and then this goals goals happen. I'm thinking it can't get any worse. Yeah. And then after that, I actually had a really good game. But it's just it was the most bizarre start to a career you could probably ever imagine. Then you know you were pretty much first choice that that season. Of course, um, Mackie McKay was was the manager then as well. Um, how, how was he like? And of course, you had Brendan Rodgers as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I got. I actually got injured. Before I put me in, I actually got injured. I ripped, I, I, again, I put it down to growing. I, I ripped a hole in my stomach, just again, just diving. It was a really bizarre injury. Yeah. And then I came back and um, Malky just literally, as soon as I was fit, Malky was kind of caretaker boss. Mm-hmm. And he put me straight in. So obviously I played a couple of games, did really well. Came back. Um, then obviously Brendan was in the crowd at, at Bristol Rover, uh, Bristol Rovers, Bristol City away. And he just came and said, look, I know enough about you. I've, enough people have said, I'm just going to play you. And to be fair, I was very lucky in the fact that I know you've got to create your own luck, but the managers at the time were just happy to, to play me. I guess Watford at the time, we were kind of a mid-table championship team. Um, there was a bit of financial trouble here, like rumours here and there going about and takeovers and administration and all that. So I think they just thought, just play me and, and, and see what happens. So I was kind of in the right place at the right time when it came to being first choice. Um, which again just filled me with confidence knowing that I was going to play mm-hmm. if, I, if I made a mistake I knew I could just go and rectify it the week after and, and I think obviously learning from Ben Foster he's one of the best I've ever seen do that mm-hmm. so it kind of just kept you know it's like riding the crest of the wave it's just one thing after another which which just kept me going mm-hmm. What was uh, Brandon Rogers like as a manager of course he's gone on to do pretty well for himself Oh unbelievable it's, yeah. I've been lucky to it with some people but he was so far ahead of his time mm-hmm. You know, it was first of all, I'd like to say he's great. I mean, everyone I work with, to be fair, I've got on really well. He's, he's a great, really good person. He, he's training methods and everything ran so smoothly. There was, you know, it was. I mean, I was very, very spoiled at Watford. I had some very good managers. I, if I had to choose out of him, Malky and Dyche, I, could, I couldn't really. They all had different methods, but they were all very good for very different reasons. I mean, Malky was one of the best man managers I've ever, ever had. He was a great person and. He he put a good young squad together, which was a very enjoyable environment. Brendan was well ahead of his time. I thought he was ahead of his time. And Dice, he was just it's funny because me and Dice didn't always see eye to eye, but you knew what he was getting. He, everything was organised, um, but he treated it as a business, which is which is what it is. But off the off the field, he was he was a great guy. So I think. I'd love to. I'd love to see him actually be given a chance yeah. to everyone than Burnley because I think he's got the credentials to go and manage Definitely. a lot higher. Because I, I just thought his organisation skills and you knew what you were doing when you were doing it. And to be fair to Daichi, he, he he knows what he wants, and and that was you can't ask for any more. That's a player. Yeah. Maybe um, future England manager, maybe one day. Well, you can never say never. I, mm-hmm. I personally don't don't think that. It, He'd be out of place if he went, mm-hmm. you know, everyone keeps saying but but I'd love to see him work with a budget and see what yeah. what he can do because I, I feel like he's at, at the right. And that's, yeah. I'm not just saying that because I've worked with him, but like I said, me and Dyson are best, but he, he took me out of the team, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, but I respected him for, for the way he was as a manager. I think yeah. he's a great manager and I just, 
like to see football kind of start to give people like this bit more of a chance because I think he's um, he's strikes more than enough at Burnley and I don't think it I don't think he'd be out of place at any club really in the Premier League. Not, um... Then uh, I mentioned England's. Um, of course, you're not going to bring this up. Of course, England on 21s. Um, you won, I think, 14 caps. Of course, Stuart Pearce was the manager then. Of course, you're part of the European Championship team. Um, of course, you played in the final. Unfortunately, we lost 4-0. But, you know, I'm looking at the Germany team now and, wow, what a team that was. Or even, our, you know, England team. You know, we had some good players in there who've gone on to have good careers. But, you know, what an experience for you, you know, to play for your country um, at this, you know, Championships. How that sort of come about? Yeah. Um, I got the call at Watford just saying you, you've been called up because mm. I think I was lucky at the time. I was the only young keeper apart from Joe, obviously Joe Hart was first choice. Mm. Tom Heatons and Ben Allen were kind of in around it, but they weren't really playing. And then mm. the only other two keepers playing were me and Joe Lewis. Okay. Um, so again, I was kind of lucky. Like if you look at now, some of the young keepers about like your Freddie Woodman, your Dean Hendersons, you know, your Butlins that have been. I was kind of probably in the right pool at the right time to get as many opportunities as I did um, but no that was great I got I got in there pretty early and mixed with I got to work with Joe Hart which again was, was unbelievable I think he's again along with Ben Foster one of these for me obviously I don't know what went on but for me I still think he's got a lot more to offer he's one of the best goalkeepers mm-hmm. I've ever seen um, that might be a little bit biased because I like the lad I've worked with him but I think he's got so much talent um, but yeah, to be around that squad, obviously Stuart Pearce, it was good to work with Stuart Pearce and all my time with him, big Forest fans and, and stuff like that. And again, I didn't, I didn't really take it all in. It was just kind of enjoy it. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, against Germany in the final, I, had, I probably had one of the worst games I've had in my career. I wasn't, I wasn't great. It wasn't due to nerves. I wasn't nervous or anything like that. I just didn't have a good game. I'm not ashamed to admit that. But what what nobody can take away from me is the fact I played against them players in the, in the European final. Of course, like, you know, you, you know Joe, Hart, Joe Hart was first choice in that tournament but of course he was suspended for the final so you must have gone oh wow I'm actually going to play here and you know Manuel Neuer was in goal for Germany what was that like being in the tunnel looking at him well, it was weird because I got to play because Joe got booked in the first game mm-hmm. in the group um, obviously we won the first few group games and then the last group game was against Germany so Pierce actually made a lot of changes and started me in the group game mm-hmm. against Germany and me and my friend when we you know this was before my my marriage days when I was mad on FIFA yeah. um, I always used to be Schalke because they had like some good young like strikers and, and they, they were quick and I also remember Neuer and I remember standing next to him in the tunnel thinking oh my god you are mad like he's huge yeah. like, he's like a fridge and uh, I didn't I didn't like, ask for his shirt or anything like that then and then obviously when he when we got to play the final I thought I'm not making no mistake I'll ask him and, I, and he, he was kind enough to give it me even though he he just won something in it, so that's something that I'll obviously keep forever as well. You know, I've got a team up now, you know, Matt Hommels, Sammy Kadira, Meza Erzil, and you know, Jamon Botang, you know, what what a team that was. I know, you know. Yeah, I mean to me the Ozil and Kadira, they I mean we kind of knew who Ozil was because he was at Zed of Bayman and there was mm. this big thing on him about being the top ten up and coming players in, in the world or something and he was like in the top two or three. So we kind of did. So the lads kind of knew about him and, and Kadera. Kadera was, he was like a, even like a fridge as well, like a brick wall with just a big, yeah. efficient German. And, you know, when you're kind of a young lad and you see lads like that, you just think, wow, these were, these, these just look, you know, this is a complete package. And obviously they've gone on and, and there's no, no surprise why they've had the career that they've had. 
got a very surprising call up for the uh, senior team back in 2010 mm. how was that you know how, when did you first find out about yeah. that yeah no it was weird it, it was um was strange for me really because i was actually in my flat in watford at the time and we had a uh, carlin cup i don't know if it's carlin cup whatever it's called back yeah. then the same carlin cup and we had we had only shot and i wasn't due to play um so obviously i played all the league games and he was giving uh Rennie Gilmartin at the time a game and uh, I got a phone call from Malky who was obviously married at the time because um, obviously we didn't have to report to like five to go and get on the bus and go to a night game yeah. we being local so I was thinking oh maybe he's ringing me to tell me I'm, I'm playing kind of thing yeah. um, and he said are you sat down I was like no yeah, we'll sit down he just said you've, uh, you're going with a, with a senior squad tonight after the game I was like what <laughs> like kind of like he said, "Yeah, Ray Clements is around me. You come in. You're going to come sit on the bench for us, and you know, you'll get you'll bring your stuff, and you'll get picked up and go straight to the uh, straight to the Grove from there. From um, I meet the England lads. So I was like, oh, so obviously, I remember getting to Aldershot, and to be fair, and then, to Aldershot, they actually did a thing on the uh, when they did the team sheet. They they gave an announcement, and I got a big like round of applause from the fans. So it was it was nice. Yeah." Um, they did that and then um, yeah so, um, obviously when we three 0 I didn't play and everyone wished me luck and that was it and on the way to the Grove I, was, I, I didn't really know what to expect and um, obviously getting there everyone was in bed because I got there at like midnight yeah. um, so I was like you know I went up to my room and stuff and then I remember waking up for breakfast and thinking oh we've got to go down for breakfast here and I was quite fortunate because obviously like Joe Hart Milner Kieran Gibbs you know Walcott Sandra Johnsons they were all in the in the first kind of under twenty squad, under twenty one squad that I was in, so I kind of knew knew a fair few that was in there, so it was a little bit less like daunting. But then when you walk in that room, you've got John Terry, Lampard, Gerrard, you know, Carrick, Cahill, people like that looking back at it, and I'm like, I'm just like fresh faced kid. Um, you know, I didn't have a beard or anything back then. I yeah. just walked yeah. in, and it was like, whoa. Um, but no, they all made me dead welcome, and um, I've told this story many times. But I sat with Joe and. At breakfast, like when everyone had gone, there was like a little seat in there outside, and I remember sitting down on the table with Joe, Gary Cahill, and Stephen Gerrard. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and uh, I thought to myself, "You know what? Just don't, the easy thing for me to do because they didn't train. Because obviously, you know, back then they used to have like the twenty ones game on a Tuesday, like, didn't they? Yeah. And then the, the first game on a on a Wednesday. So they've obviously already done their their training. Um, so I thought the, the easy thing for me to do would just be to go back to my room and see them down in the hotel, kind of thing, um, before the game. But I thought I'd stay, I'd make this opportunity. Um, and, then, and then, like, Joe Hart, he, he got up and left. I thought, don't leave, don't leave. Because <laughs> this will never happen. And then Gary Headcale got left. And then it's just me and Joe Hart kind of sat opposite each other. And uh, I th- he could have easily just got up and left, you know. Yeah. He, he didn't. He sat there and he kind of had a paper in his hand. But he was like, he was talking to me and t- talking about football. And he knew a lot about Danny Graham. And he just knew a lot about what He just, he, he just, whether that was his way of making me feel settled yeah. and just making me feel welcome. He probably didn't even realise he was doing it, to be honest. Yeah. But he, um, you know, that really, some of that will stick with me, you know, when people, people are quick to label footballers and especially with what's going on at the minute. Um, people got about pays and calling prima donnas and that. They're good, they're good people. And, um, you know, uh, when we got to the change rooms at Wembley, I remember John Terry, he came and sat opposite me and kind of put his arm around me and he was like, look, whatever happens today, just enjoy it. And, these, these people don't see that side of them they're just human beings at the end of the day yeah. and they're just working in an industry that's you know 
has fortunately for them is very you know wealthy isn't it and it's and some people like it and some people don't but um i think sometimes they get the misconception that these are bad guys and they're not they're just they're just normal obviously there's some that that give a bad name but you know i couldn't speak highly of how i was treated and i was number 12 so it was weird how it was situated so i ended up somehow on the end of the row and then there's like a fridge on the corner and then rooney was the other side like so rooney was like next to me and um (laughs) He uh, he threw his top down on the floor after the game, and I remember picking it up, thinking, "Can I have this?" Like yeah. I said, "Can I have your shirt?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, fine." I was like, "Oh, so I quickly oh, took yeah. it, put it in my bag." Yeah. And um, but then he was fine. He didn't know about Tom Cleverley and that Watford, and obviously his Man United history. And but I, I couldn't say a bad word about anyone there. They yeah. everybody treated me well, and really not not took to me as in like everyone was just treating me like with the respect that you probably deserve for being called up, really. Yeah. In terms, you know, all those players you mentioned, you know, they sort of, no, no offence to you, did they know who you were and stuff, or, you know, where you were coming from? Um, I'm trying to think which time it was. One time, but, uh, I think this, no, probably not at that time, because I'd not been, because mm-hmm. we didn't actually have a game, but I remember the, the second time I was obviously called up due to an injury. Yeah. Um, we played the night before in Germany. Um, sorry, that was the third time. Sorry, that was the third time. The second time yeah. <laughs> was a bizarre one, because actually... We had two important games to win for the 21s. Obviously, I played every group game. Yeah. And we flew out to Portugal. And I'm not kidding you, we literally landed, yeah. got our room keys, went up to the room, and Stuart Pierce was like, yeah, be down in an hour for dinner, you've got an hour. Yeah. And I remember getting this hotel in Portugal, it was lovely. Like, mm-hmm. Honestly, it was so nice. I thought, um, it had kind of one of them, <laughs> them bathrooms in it that you can yeah. see into the room. It's not like a separate door, you know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. a dead posh hotel. And I was thinking, oh, I remember taking, like, buzzing to my mates on, on text that off she was in my hotel room that she sat down and got a phone call off Stuart Pearce went you got to come back down you've got to fly back to England to go to the first team oh, wow. so I literally done all that travelling and been there for 10 minutes so I came down had some dinner and then literally I was back on back on my way back on the flight mm-hmm. back to Heathrow um, so I think by the time the second call up came and I got to go and train with them and stuff like that that was I think they all kind of knew who I was there. Yeah. Must have been good for you for like Joe. You know, Joe was the first, you know, choice goalkeeper. It must have been great to be, you know, joining up with him again as part of, you know, goalkeeping. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Joe's just like a, just like a big Labrador. Yeah. Just like full of energy and just a really, really good guy. I mean, one year I went on holiday with my friends to, to Vegas and we saw him and we bumped into him out there and he spent the whole night, he spent, the whole night in there with them basically like he didn't, which he didn't have to do he could have just kind of said hello and carried on what he was doing but he really made them feel welcome it was my mates have all got pictures with him and stuff like that which which you know he didn't have to do and he's just a really really good guy and then obviously the second time I went I got got with you know he was there and Ben Foster was there who I worked with closely at Watford so to actually go away the second time and be with him for a week or two and, and train I was surrounded with two blokes and not only I admire her but that I knew very well, so it made it a lot easier for me. In terms of, like, you know, Capello, I don't know if you would have had in, any interaction with him or anything like that? Um, yeah, he he was fine. He, he didn't really talk to anyone, to be honest. Okay. It, it, was a very, it was a very strange, like, looking back on it now, it was, the way it was from was very, I don't know, maybe that's just the way the Italians deal and the players at that level can kind of get on with it, but mm-hmm. on a one-to-one basis, there wasn't much going on day-to-day. Um, he took a few team meetings and stuff like that, but obviously his coaches took the training sessions and stuff like that. But you know, when you've got your Rooney's, your Gerrards, and players at Lampard's and 
you got, you, uh, I guess it all kind of takes care of itself in a way. And uh, finally, how how good is Wembley in terms of you know the you know the dressing rooms and just the whole setup? I'm sure it's, it's yeah, amazing. It's because I played I played there a year before mm-hmm. for the 21s. We played Portugal and won. Then mm-hmm. obviously there's 30, I think the whole bottom tier was full. Okay, oh, wow. Um, which was good. Obviously, the 21s and actually playing on it and winning. Um, was like unreal but then when I went back and we went I think it was France when I was involved it was full mm-hmm. walking out it was just like you couldn't see anything you couldn't see the sky or anything you could just see stadium and people yeah. and that was like you know that was the first time I thought wow this is actually something because when you're in an empty stadium it's it's an empty stadium it's like mm-hmm. you don't really take it in not that it was empty but obviously 30,000 in Wembley doesn't look full does it so um but going back again, and especially on a night game, um, it was you know it was unreal. It was a great feeling, and obviously to see the likes of you know, Loris up close and and Benzema and people like that as well yeah. was, was something that was um, was also good to watch. Yeah. Have you um as you said have you got the Rooney shirt hanged up somewhere? Have you got loads of different? No, I'm not got, we've we moved we we moved house when, about two, just under two years ago when we we bought a project to kind of do up and stuff. So there'll be a few that I get up probably. Is in Manuel Neuer's will yeah. be the ones that I'll be allowed, be allowed up, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but no, kind of, it's one of those things you kind of keep them for the memories, but that kind of it's not grown out of it, kind of thing. Mm. It's, it's nice to look back at them. Um, but yeah, I think I think his and Neuer's will definitely be the ones that you know I'll look back and be be really proud of, yeah. um, along with my own. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to so, say that. Um, would you have an Ipswich shirt up there somewhere just to look at one? My uh, my missus nephew's actually got my Ipswich debut one I kept. Oh wow, that's brilliant! Yeah, so that I mean that shirt means a lot. But he's got a few of my, I mean he's got a few of my shirts as well. Uh, pass it on. Um, I don't know if you remember when we played Birmingham. I, t- I took my three nephews on the pitch the year I was there, um, mm-hmm. and I remember you know that we're close to them as a family. And he's got my the black one from the Blackburn game. I, got, yeah. I, I kept that and got it all signed by the lads with a silver marker pen. And, and he's got that, so yeah. People, you know, there's a lot of people in my family that have got certain things, which which is just as good to me. You know, they take, they take take just as good care of them as as I do. But I kept that one. Um, funny, one one of my favourite ones. I've got one of Richard Wright's Man City ones, which Joe yeah. got me. That's good. Yeah, um, just just because of the history with him, really. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I've got Joe's, and yeah, I've got a good collection. I've been fortunate to play against some good players, and hopefully I've still got another. Definitely. If this virus disappears, I've still got another, hopefully, eight, nine years to to get some good good memories and some more memorabilia stacked up before I, before I finish. And um, go on to you, you know yourself at Watford, just you know playing regularly. You probably thought I was going to bring this up as well. Of course, you're linked to move to Tottenham. Hopefully, I've got that right. Um, yeah. how, you know what was that? You know, going you know for yourself, you're just, you know you're still a young young lad and get linked to a big you know Premier League team like Tottenham. It's a strange one because it'd been rumoured for a while, mm-hmm. um, but then obviously I got I got a phone call at midnight the night before deadline day saying Tottenham going to put a bid in for you tomorrow. And when I went when I went into training and it was it was all playing table tennis in the breakfast room and stuff like that, it came up on Sky Sports. And I was thinking I've not actually heard anything. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird one, and then Malky pulled me in his office and we. And to be honest, I was. You can look back now and say. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know if, if you or people at Ipswich, you're talking, people know my personality. I'm not, I'm not a guy that's. I don't get angry. I don't force mm-hmm. things. I'm just kind of easy-oasy. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm quite laid back, and 
I was happy just to, I was thinking I'm at, I'm at a championship club I'm playing so if it's going to happen it's going to happen but I'm in the best place at the minute I'm just playing I'm getting getting all this experience I'm, I'm at a good level um, I just had a new contract at Watford it, to me it wasn't was it an issue to go and kind of force but obviously looking back now you can say oh, what, what might have been blah 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 this and that but I don't like to look back and, and do that because you know I might have had my, my wife and kids if I went down a different path and stuff like that so um, it was a little bit surreal but again not one I really took in because we kind of had a conversation there and then it was kind of done and dusted within, within a couple of hours Then uh, Zola came in at Watford and then the move to you know your boyhood club you know mm. Turn a decade later, or a decade more later, you yeah. joined, you know, Ipswich um, in summer of 2012. Yeah. You know, when was the first instance that you knew that you know interest? Well, their interest. Well, the first time I heard was the year before. Okay. Um, before you took Stockdale on loan, I think there was a bit of conversation going on between Ipswich and Watford. But I think uh, Watford obviously wanted quite a bit of money from me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ipswich really wanted to pay so much, and which is understandable. Obviously, the business side of things, I didn't really get involved in, so it kind of went away. And then when Stockdale was taken on loan, we always knew that the following year you'd still need a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so obviously, when it when it came back around again, uh, again the season, the pre-season started off fairly well. Was over. I was I was doing well, and but I knew that you wanted to bring in either Kudacini or Armunia, which is fine. Which was you know I, I was fine with, and and. But I wanted to go to Ipswich, and he didn't stand in my way. He he, he helped me, and it was kind of. I think it, the lads were in Hot. It was at Holland. I think they went to our yeah, pre-season, so, yeah. so I kind of signed. I signed on the Thursday, but I didn't actually come back in till the Monday because he didn't want me to fly out just to fly out to fly back Friday, and then the lads were going to have the weekend off. So I remember um, I kind of signed on the Thursday, came down, looked around the place. Um, you know, went down the marina and that one, the mum and stuff like that, and looked, looked at a couple of flats and kind of was down there all day and then got the job done, which was great. And it was an unbelievable feeling. It was kind of like, well, I've got three days, so I kind of went home to celebrate, really, if yeah. I'm honest. It was, it was, uh, it was like a dream come true. So I remember going home, got, got, probably the last time I could see my friends in four, three years kicked in. So it was, uh, it, it was a great few days and, uh, yeah, obviously the, the dream happened. What was it like your first sort of training session with the the squad? You know, an Ipswich Town training kit and like thinking, wow, I'm actually. <laughs> it's funny because I went out the, the, I went out the sat night and I bumped into Lee Camp, who's a goalkeeper, you know, a Birmingham keeper, yeah. and uh, he obviously worked with Mal- Malcolm before, <laughs> and uh, he said to me, "Oh, just be ready for Malcolm's training. Like yeah. it's, it's hard work." And uh, I remember on the Monday, Jesus, he made me work harder than obviously Aaron Lee Barrett and and the other keepers that were there because obviously I had a few days off and kind of. It was kind of a week behind everyone. I thought, oh my god! I think Chopra. I think he chipped me. Yeah, he did chip. Yeah, he, he, he scored. He, it was a great finish, and that was the thing with Chops. He had that in his locker, and it was kind of like obviously Jason Scotland being a big cloud character. It was like welcome, welcome to Switch, and that was that was a big shock for me. Like I said, at Watson, we all kind of came through together. We were walking in the Ipswich dress that day, and I remember going back to the hotel down at the. Um, the Marines thinking, wow, I'm in a man's environment now. And it was, that was kind of, not not a shock, but something that I'd not experienced before. Because, mm. you know, there's a lot of characters in that, you know, that squad. Um, you know, we'll briefly just chat about Paul Jewell firstly. You know, he was your first manager there. Uh, what was your first sort of interactions with him, you know, in your early days there? It was funny, Paul, he'd, he'd been quite about before, he'd like been a foot then. And 
they tried to sign it before and stuff like that and um, yeah we, we, we got well from the start um, but then it was, a, it was a strange one we didn't it was I'll be perfectly honest I couldn't I liked him but we couldn't really work him out do you know what I mean but again I'd come from somewhere where I'd probably been so comfortable and this was a different shot you know looking back at it now I think it was probably just a normality do you know what I mean but it's just something I'd not experienced before well um, we'll go into you know your debut Um, we're going to maybe look at more of the because you had two, sort of two debuts, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. You know, you had the cup debut, and then of course yeah. you had your league debut. You know what? Both luckily they're both at Porton Road. You know what was the reception like? I was only a, a young lad at the time, so I can't really remember myself. But for for you walking out of Porton Road for the first time, yeah, the, the, the feeling was great. But I can't. I remember the Bristol Rovers game, but I can't remember the reception. I just remember the Blackburn game because yeah. it was so hot. It was yeah. so hot. Um, but I remember, obviously, in the second half, I went, obviously, down. Obviously, I started the first half up in the end, near the tunnel, and then, obviously, the second half, went down, walking down there and getting the, getting the applause from the fans was, you know, amazing. Like, such a good feeling. Um, it was just surreal to be out there, and, it, 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 you know, thinking about it now, it's, it's just, you know, it still gives me a little bit of goosebumps. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a great day, and, obviously, to play against Blackburn and Paul Robinson, I think, obviously been yeah. a goal the other end as well, and kind of experiencing that. It was, uh, it, it wasn't just like you were playing a smaller team. We were playing a team that's been relegated from the Premier League as well. So it was, it's just a great day all around. You know, red hot weather, good team. Um, just, just, a, just, you know, I can't really put it into words as you can tell, but something yeah. um, that worked out. Then your uh, second league game, first clean sheet against your former team Watford at Wickham oh, Road. Yeah, it was. Can't write that stuff, can you? It was a strange one. I went there. It was funny because the first half, maybe that I was actually defending the rookery end, which is normally what they do in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I've got a few pelters and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, you know, I remember I came to punch a ball, didn't get the best of connection on it, but it went straight up in the end. Look at it, I got the second. I didn't really have too much to do. And then obviously when we scored in the like, last kick of the game, I went mad in front of the fans, which was, I can still picture it now. Like, because some of my mates were there, people falling over the top of each other and stuff like that. It was, it was a great feeling. And my reaction afterwards was, probably went a little bit over the top, which I've apologised to a lot for fans since. But, you know, it was, you know, as a young lad getting to stick all game from somewhere that you felt like you've done your all for. And then, Winning the last minute is, is, you know, it's a bit like euphoria. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's an unbelievable feeling. Yeah. Then um, the next game, unfortunately, wasn't the greatest. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I was there that day, and I actually watched the goals back before um, I got torn to and six uh, 0 defeat of Blackpool. You know, defensively, we were, we were terrible that day, and you know, conceding six goals as a goalkeeper that must, that must be horrible. Yeah, it was a weird one because there was nothing in the game. Mm. I don't know if was it. I don't know if Crazy scored now goal. He did, yeah. And then it just was like because I think for, for, looking for that, I'm always honest. If I make mistakes, mm. I think it was only really the last one. I came out and made the mind up for him mm. to lob one over me. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have a lot to do. Yeah. And it was just like every time they came forward, they just seemed to score. It was just one of days, and it was like, well, but you know, stuff, stuff like that happens in, in football. I remember there wasn't too much really said afterwards. It was just kind of, you know, we've got to bounce back. We've got no choice. It's, it is what it is. We've got to kind of dust ourselves down and go again. And we're probably fortunate that it happened in the in the second week of the season yeah. instead of you know mid, midway through the season, which kind of it gets forgotten about pretty quickly. 
or Tom, you know, Tom Hintz, I think, scored twice that day as part of the team. And, yeah. You know, that's for there. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to now a happier note, um, that penalty save against Huddersfield. Yeah. Man the match. Football, that, yeah. yeah. Um, I once again, I watched that back just before we went on and, you know, great save. You know, of course, the post saved you a bit as well. But, you know, what what a moment for you saving a penalty yeah. at Porn Road. Yeah, well, going back to 21, we used to do penalties after every, after every single session. Because Stuart Pearce was like, big on trying to recreate tournament like practice, and obviously Vaughan was in it with me. And he always used to go for the way that I saved it. And I just thought to myself, is he going to think that he's going to, you know what I mean? I thought he was going to try and think I was going to go the other way because he'd changed his mind. But he stuck to his way and I stuck to my way. And if you look afterwards, after the save, he actually comes and shakes my hand, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just to say well done like literally before I check the goal kick he comes and gives me a high five just because we because we knew each other yeah. Um, but yeah no it was I, forgot, I think it hit the post the bar or on the line <laughs> I can't really remember what happened but I think that actually made the save probably look better than what it was mm. if I'm honest but um, no it was a great moment for me I think to do that the week after the 6-0 thing kind of mm. showed I think it showed a bit of mental like that I could cope with like I said about coping with setbacks I think you, you can kind of just park it to one side and get on with it I want, to, I want to quickly just chat about penalties like that is like the hardest thing for a goalkeeper you know you just got to hopefully guess the right way or you got to hope the other player will scart over but you know penalty wise did you did you you know you said we're down 21s you trained a lot but did you do that yourself did you want to have a, a little drill sometimes just to practice with penalties because you never know when it's going to happen in a game it was weird because I'd had loads I didn't save any until like my last one of my last games I saved one and then obviously I came to Ipswich and I saved saved one um, against Huddersfield and Derby as well and then I saved one against Barney funny enough in the pre-season yes. I thought oh man. and then I kind of then had a really good record of, of saving penalties um, and then I remember you know Hartley Paul I saved a few um, and at, at Barnet I've saved one this year and it's just kind of been I've got my different methods now. I kind of, I kind of visualise the side I'm going to go and kind of like and just go as big and as big and as powerful as you can. If, if he goes the other way, he goes the other way. But I think if you can narrow it down to fifty-fifty and say, right, if you've got my side, it's got to be a good penalty, and that's and that's kind of how I look at it. Do you, you know, do you try to intimidate the player, or do you sort of like? Depends on who it is, of course. Do you sort of like just eye them up just to see, put them off and stuff? Oh, yeah, I chat absolutely. I'm yeah. not going to swear, but I, yeah, I chat nonsense. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you try and get people... I mean, it, it can work for you, it can't. I mean, this year I saved one, and it was like the 87th minute, so I just said... Oh, wow. I said to him, I went, I know you're going down the middle. It's a pressure penalty, you've got, you've got to go down the middle. <laughs> and, and in my head, I knew he wasn't going to slot it, because it would be too safe, do you know what I mean? And, and that kind of thing. So I kind of wanted to get the, the idea of going down the middle out of the way, and I dove to my right, he tried to whip it, and, and I saved it. You know, on another day, he could have actually rolled it down the middle, do you know what I mean? But... <laughs> I think it can go either way for you. I think if you if you chat stuff and you save it, it, it looks great. If you chat stuff and they score, you look like an idiot. Do you know what I mean? So, but as a goalkeeper, you you're not really expected to save them. So I think you've just got to do what you can to to your advantage. Um, I just want to quickly talk about your sort your back four in your early days. Of course, you had um, you know Chambers, Smith, uh, Cresswell, and you know Edwards. Uh, you know right back. Uh, with Chambers, of course, he signed the same summer as you did. Of course, he's still now at the club. Did you? Did you think that would happen? Would that be the case for Chambers? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he's not gone on again. Um, mm. I, as a bloke, as a player, as a captain, 
But funnily enough, I did my all-time five-a-side team the other day, and I put him in it just because I think, for me, he's one of the players. <laughs> Obviously, I don't count the England stuff because I try and count players that I've played with week in, week out. And I think he's one of them that's got everything. You can play right back and get up and down and delivery. But centre-back, he'll do a job. He's got a goal in him. He's a great captain. Um, this is just my opinion. Obviously, I think um, I could see. It. I could. I, I'm. I can see why he's played over 300 games for the club. But I'm also like I could have seen why if the opportunity came to to move on, I could. I could see that as well. So I've not got a bad way to say about him really. I think I was very fortunate, especially under the Mick McCarthy era when I got back in, and we kept so many clean sheets. But I think with Stearman that came in at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Stim and came in. Chamber went right back, and we had Tommy Smith and and Crazy. Then obviously, Carlos went right wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had we had a great, a great kind of span of our team. That's that, really that, good, that, there, yeah. Really good, and it was that was just enjoyable to play. I mean, Mick was great in your way that I, I know I wasn't. For, I knew I wasn't for Mick, but he, he had no problems playing me mm-hmm. as long as I was. You know, I, I kept my head down, trained hard, and he was truly ready to leave that to play me. I had to play me and. I like to think towards the end of that season that I put the performances in for him. I think it was something like eight or nine clean sheets out of 16, which kind of speaks for itself. So, so we finished on a high, but that's down. That's also down to the back four that was in front of me because, I mean, look at them names there. They're getting, obviously, the game's moved on, but back then they would have got in any championship play. Well, definitely Cresswell, but um, let's chat about, of course, Stephen Henderson came in. Of course, goalkeepers... You know, you're battling against just another person. Like, you know, you're not a defender, you're not a midfielder, so you, there's two slots there. But for your goalkeeper, you're number one. Of course, David Henderson came in on loan from West Ham. And, you know, you, what was going on with that? Did Paul sort of tell you? You know, that's a bit strange, your first choice. And yeah, no, he, he's didn't, now he, didn't, he didn't tell me. And I remember mm-hmm. having a conversation with him and I went to see him and um, I, don't care, I don't care what he says to this, but I didn't really get it. He was, he said to me, um, I said, I was waiting for Hendo to play and then I went to see him and went like I didn't want to come and see you because um, you've not made your mind up yet mm-hmm. obviously you've not named the team obviously I didn't want to come and see you if you name the team and he was kind of like well I won't expect you to anyway and I was like well but you know I want to play um, and then he was kind of like obviously I'm glad you've come in and it was like well what do you want me to come in and talk you're not coming to him it was a bit of a weird it was kind of like whereas Mick I found that it, Mick said to me don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking Paul. George. always a great career and stuff like this. But um, and he and he bought me. And I'd be forever grateful. But I know with Mick, it was kind of like, look, Gerks is playing. You're not you're not for me, not for me is my number one. But if I have to play, you, I'll play you. And and he did. He did play me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think you can beat that bit of honesty, really. Um, I kind of found it at first a little bit a bit strange. I wasn't sure what the reason was or why. But but you know, he's he's got to do what he feels right as a manager at the time, and, and that's what he went with. But regarding Hendo, I thought he was a great lad and it, it, it hurt me a bit, but I thought if I can help him as much as I can, then, you know, and, and you never know, you might be called upon and, and you, you've got to be ready. And like I said, when when I did get back in that season when, when Hendo was injured, I'd like to think, because I, I went about things the right way, I think that's why I put the performances in. That, you know, that's, that's not bad in the championship. I'm two quality goalkeepers like yourself. So, um, of course, Paul Jewell. Then got sacked. Mick McCarthy came in. Um, what was your first? You know, you mentioned him already, but what's your interactions with him like? You know, he's a big character, of course. Oh, he's a great bit. Yeah, he's um, uh, yeah, he's a good bloke. He's, that's all I can say about him. He, he's, he's, he wants to be treated. You know, he treats you how you want to be treated. He shakes everyone's hand every, every morning before training. Um, again, he's, he's just straightforward. I mean, with me, 
Yeah, you didn't play for about two months, so I'd bring that up. But your first game back was in the FA Cup against Aston Villa at Villa Park. Yeah. Fortunately, we lost 2-1, but we did take the lead in that game. But, you know, Aston Villa's team, were they weren't mucking about. They had a pretty did good squad. You know, Shea giving in goal, Fabian Delft, Darren Bent, of course. Um, Barry Bannon, Andres Wyman came off the bench. Of course, he scored one of the goals. But, you know, what was that experience like playing this stadium? Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I remember I made a couple of saves early on in the, in the first half and... I had quite a good game. I remember Mick called me afterwards and said, he said to me, he said, you know, you surprised me that you did really well. Like, kind of, not surprised him as my ability, just surprised how, you know, I took to the game and stuff like that. And, um, you know, you're not expected to win games like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just good to play in games. And I think you just got to go out there and make the most of it and enjoy it. If you get something out of it, you get something out of it. And uh, I think, you know, to, to play in front of that, that crowd and go down the hallway and stuff like that and experience that it's, again it's, it's on par with other stuff that's in their career because that's what you play football for and I just want to bring out some more highlights during that season of course a 4-0 win against Middlesbrough at Porton Road a 3-0 win against Leeds a 3-0 win against Crystal Palace what are those what are your memories from them three games and it was weird I mean the Middlesbrough I remember the Middlesbrough one I didn't have too much to do mm. um, I, can, I remember I, had, like, I think Ledbetter had a shot from about 30 yards but you know one of the really slow ones yeah. as a keeper I was thinking just hold it just like and I did and that's what I remember but the Leeds one was funny because I think I think it was the Leeds was the Leeds was the Leeds one the first, my first one back in or was the Middlesbrough the first one back in uh, Middles, sure. Middlesbrough I think no, no Leeds, Leeds and, yeah you had a I month we played Leeds yeah. and Millwall over, did we play yeah. Leeds and Millwall over Easter yeah yeah because yeah, I remember one, we beat Leeds 3-0 but it had, I must have had about 8 or 9 saves and they were all ones that I saved my feet or stuck. I remember Michael Brown stood me at a corner saying, we'll get a chance, he didn't catch anything, he keeps parrying it and stuff. And it was one of them games, you know, stuff to hit shit and stuff like that and it's a bit untidy. But you end up having loads of saves. I remember that and we, we won three and then obviously Millwall was nil-nil which was always a tough place to go and we went to beat Derby 1-0 within the space of a week and I saved a penalty so it felt like a really good return for me. Let's, um, let's briefly talk about a penalty against Derby. What, what That game in general is just a crazy game because, of course, you saved with your feet. You know, that's, you don't really see that often for penalties, you know, being saved. You know, what was your mind set going? I think Jamie Ward took the penalty. Um, yeah, I, knew, I knew he was going to, again, watch a lot of video footage and I knew, I knew what he kind of, he's got this penalty technique where he hits it just off centre and he just hits it as hard as he can. And if anything, I probably dove past it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, Luckily, got my foot there, and um, it was at a crucial time because I think we was under pressure. Just made a save before that, and we probably had a look a little bit that game. Um, but then obviously we went down. The, uh, but I think that was a sign of the team. That, you know, we had, we had men in that team all throughout the team. They were all, you know, like I said, Chamber, Carlos, you know, people like that all, all throughout the team. And it, it was again. I remember scoring at the last minute. And the, that, the atmosphere in the change room afterwards. Cause I think that was. We weren't mathematically safe, but I think that was the kind of the game that 
we, we knew we'd done it. We knew we'd stayed up and kind of and had that little bit of breathing space on the bottom three then. Which um, are the players, you know, which ones did you really get along with, you know, in the dressing room and even outside, you know, of football? Did you know there's a few there? Yeah, me, Chamber, we did see for McGoldrick, we were from Nottingham, so we travelled back together a lot. Um, again, can't speak, I, I think, you know, just, 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 he did see every now and again now in Nottingham, and I'm so pleased for him in his career. He's gone, he's. he's He's got the talent that deserves to be where he is. Um, but probably him and Chamber got me the most. Um, I didn't, and Tyron Mings, I got him really well. I mean, Mingsy came in, got him really well with Mingsy. Uh, he was a great lad, and you can see why he's where he is because he didn't care where he was from or who you were or what you'd done, or no matter what he was, he let people know that he was there very doors. And um, he actually came to my wedding. course we had a lot of characters then the problem with of course Paul Jules team we had a lot of lone players so it must be hard to sort of get a relationship with these lone players some of them of course are going to be great characters but it must have been hard you know hard to get a relationship you know I think Richard Sturman like that was what a sign and that was in terms of bringing him on loan um I want to briefly mention like players like I know I don't know if you want me to chat about them you know Jet and Michael Chopra like yeah. They had their they had their demons, you know, Chopper of course. What was that like? Yeah, I mean go back to Stairs, yeah. My my twenty one's debut was with with, with Sturman. So oh, when he came in we just got really well. Um which was nice. So we had a we knew what our working relationship was like anyway. Um I mean we used to see a lot of Chopper because obviously I'd just moved down there. Elliot Hewitt had just signed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was living with Chopper at the time and yeah, I don't want to go into Chopper's life. He, he obviously was troubled and had stuff going on, but Michael, what a player. Yeah. Um, what a player. I mean, he had this ability to to finish under any circuit. He, he, if he came out and made himself big, he'd fight it through you. If you went down low, he'd get over you. You know, it, you could see why he'd been on this amount of money he'd been on and been in the Premier League and stuff like that. Obviously, he let things get to him that you know I don't want to talk about that's not yeah. that's not my business but as a player he was he was phenomenal but speaking of talent I mean J. Manuel Thomas he he was ridiculous he had anything like, I, mean, I mean anything I'm sure anyone that you speak to about him will say he had anything he could hold three or four players off he could well he just had every single bit of ability he'd want as a football player he was big he was fast he was strong skillful and again I'm not sure why it did work for him maybe maybe he I don't know. I don't want to speak on his behalf, but you hear you could look at you could look at loads of players throughout the Premier League or in lower leagues, or and say why are they there, why are they not there, and, and vice versa and stuff like that. And, but to play with them too close up was again moving from Watford, where obviously I've been with good players, but then you always hear about these players and you, and you could see that wow, do you know what I mean. I want to I want to bring up another just another player quickly. Um, Guren Endor, of course, another lone player. He he was in a way for a lot of us fans. He was like a beast. And what was him? He he like you know he came on loan for that season. He was. I didn't have too much to do with him. He was, okay. he was just he was really really quiet. But yeah, God, he, he could he could hit a ball. I tell you that. It's like he just hit it. It's like he, it's like he it's like he all he kept all his quietness in him and then took all his anger out the ball when he was shooting. I remember that. 
Um, but no, he was quite instrumental in that team, wasn't he? Tony Manning had a bit of, you know, he was a statue as a figure, and um, I can't really remember too much about his personality, to be honest, because um, he was fairly quiet, but he was, uh, he was definitely good in that team, and it made his mark when he signed. That I, you name-checked um, Elliot Hu, of course, he signed, of course, and you both met up again at Notts County, you know. He was yeah. uh, highly rated when he, of course, signed for the club, and he's done a right for himself in, in, in the league football, you know, what was he? Again, he's another player that I think he could have held his own, he could have, I think he, he had really bad hip injury when he signed, mm-hmm. and I think that, I think when you have so much time out of the Championship, especially at that level, you know, with the fitness, it, it's hard to play catch-up, because then boys are elite, do you know what I mean? Um he came to Knotts and to, to, for me for years he was well he was too good for that league if I'm honest yeah. but um, you know I think again he's had a few injuries and stuff like that because sometimes people's bodies just don't cope but again his ability his fitness he's a strong lady he was supposed to put on the ball and you know probably his probably move came too early for him I think it would have been the way around if I think he would have gone to Knotts and played all them games first then gone to Ipswich mm-hmm. He'd probably still be there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think because he went there and he had the injury and he was always playing catch up, I think that's probably why he went down the route he went down. Yeah. Um, then, of course, the next season came along, your second full season. Of course, this was Mick McCarthy's full season, his first summer to sort of do some transfers. Of course, you know, you mentioned Dean Gherkin earlier. Did you did Mick sort of say that you're, he was planning to bring in another keeper? Yeah, I think he wanted healthy competition. Yeah. Um, I had a good pre-season as I started um, I made a mistake against like I let a soft goal in. not a mistake just a soft goal I let in against Leeds uh, and Mick wanted to change it and, and, that's, and that's that's just how it is and to be fair to Kirk he didn't put a foot wrong um, didn't put a foot wrong at all but I think he had a very good season I think he's a very good goalkeeper great lad to work with again not not hard he, he would want to help me as much as I wanted to help him and we got on really well actually got no no qualms about Gertz whatsoever I think he was uh, he was really enjoyable around the change room a great lad just, just just very very good company that's what I can say to, to work with him for a year was you know he made it a lot easier for me not playing because he made it enjoyable yeah that must be good so you know the, the goalkeepers that you had you know because Aaron Lee Barrett was the first goalkeeper you had at the club was there any you know young players that were coming through I think Michael Crow was coming through at that time yeah Crowley what a lad yeah, yeah. The, the most weirdest national lad <laughs> he's Norwegian English Welsh I don't know what he is I think, yeah. he's, I think he played for Wales because he mm. went there for an away game once I'm not sure because he's but no he's I don't know what I, I think he's at Preston now he's Preston so. yeah yeah, again, so much, so much ability. But he, I think Crowley's downfall was he was so big for mm-hmm. his age that people forgot how young he was. Yeah. Um, so I think people expected a lot more because he looks like a man. You know what I mean? When he's actually very young. But again, I think for Crowley now, I'd love to see him just go and get a full season somewhere, and just just show what he can do. And and you know he's still got plenty of time as a goalkeeper. But if he can start racking up the games and and get himself out and about there, then. I think that'll benefit him in the long run. Definitely. You um you only played eight games that season. Um, of course you were transfer listed, and then of course you had your contract cancelled. Uh, was that in the works for a while? Did you feel you know did you and Mick have conversations about you know possibly? Yeah, no. Mick, Mick was good. I mean, he let me know fairly early that yeah. what the plan was, um, which was fine. Which obviously me and my my wife, well, we, we were getting uh, getting married that summer. 
but there's some that are left, so it's kind of made us start looking to move home and, and get a house settled and stuff like that, so we start a family, so Mick was good like that, he he didn't just throw it on me on June the 1st, do you know what I mean, he, I kind of knew in the March, really, that we could put the feeders out there, and, but, he, but again, he said if he had to play me, he'd play me, and... and, and and stuff like that. So again, my, my actual last two months at Ipswich, even though I was leaving, was really enjoyable. I knew where I stood, do you know what I mean? And I knew what was expected and stuff like that. And it, like I said, working with Gurks and the lads that were around there, everyone made it enjoyable anyway. So um, obviously, the chance came up to you know to, to go to Rotherham, which for me, well, I'm guessing we'll talk about it in a minute, was probably the wrong decision. But at the time, when you get to to get to move back home and then. You know, I never, I never lived at home and played football before. That was kind of my jump for the opportunity. I just want to just quickly talk about being like a sub goalkeeper. That must be a an interesting sort of thing, of course, frustrating sort of thing. Um, what do you sort of think about? It? Do you think like I'm not going to play today? So, you know, what, what you know? Um, my mindset's completely different now. I mm-hmm. mean, if I came back tomorrow to Ipswich, you'd see a completely different keeper. Mm-hmm. Probably see a more mature one. Um, without back my ability do you know what I mean yeah. and stuff like that but you know I know now my role because if, 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 that's quite a popular role now isn't it and number yeah. two uh, I'd be the club for experience keep it if I had to do that I know my role around the training ground how to help others you know because I've, I've been lucky that a lot of keepers have helped me out and I know what to expect now and I know how to deal with it I've, you know obviously I'm a dad to be a three now so I'm more mature um Obviously, it's a completely different role, different mindset to play, but I think you still prepare the same. You still, you still approach it as a job and you've still got to be ready. Obviously, like I said at the time, I probably wasn't used to that. So it was very, very, you know, it was, not, it was, just, it was just a different different feeling that I'd had from the previous years. Whereas now looking back, I could probably still see myself, I could probably could have stayed at it for another two, three years. You know what I mean? I've been around the club and that's what I'm saying. If the, if the chance came up again to to go to a bigger club now, I've got nearly five hundred games in my belt and and be that experienced one, then it's it's something that in my career it's what I want to do. I want to get back up to as high as I can. Oh, you know, like for for two, you know, for a few seasons we had Dean Gurk and of course Bartosz Bielkowski. You know, I was two, you know, that level. That's decent, you know, and both of them had to battle out. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of goalkeepers out there who are having to battle out with our top goalkeepers you know this season we've, we've got Thomas Holy and uh, Will Norris you know Will Norris on loan from Wolves and you know it's you know it's, it's been a lot of criticism on Will because he's made a few mistakes here and there and like he's a player on loan so people go you know play Thomas you know he's he's our he's our main goalkeeper but it's just is what it is really it's managers it's decision. a tough one I mean Will's I know Will's yeah. he's young he's, he's, yeah. he's learned he's, he's shot onto the scene really early and he, mm. he got his move to a big club and he's kind of done that number three role so he's, he's just finding the momentum of playing again and you know I'm pretty sure obviously this coronavirus is kind of hold up the season but I'm sure if he was to be there next season and play you'd see a lot more consistent keeper yeah. because he'd learn it every goalkeeper goes through it um, and we look at Bar he, yeah. for three years he yeah. was how he, how he never got Premier League where he was beyond me and then he had a bit of a da- uh, a bit of a, a bit of a bad spell but every, every keeper does it um, I think healthy competition is good though yeah. I think um, I do kind of like to think you should know who your one and your two is and then yeah. your two I think if you, you've got a one and a one it's it's never good because mm-hmm. uh, that's just my opinion on it I know competition's good but I think you should know who your number one is and then what you and your two is you know like I mean you look at De Gea and Romero at that level that kind of thing you've got two very very good goalkeepers yeah. and you know one's capable and always pushing the other one mm-hmm. but you always kind of know who your one is if that makes any sense yeah. Yeah. 
and then if the two gets in and plays on merit and then but I think if the two gets in and plays he's got to stay in but you can't just swap him in and out you know what I mean that, that's just how I look at it because goalkeepers so as goalkeepers the back four need consistency as well yeah. because technically you're, you're a collective as a five and I think it doesn't help anyone if you swap it and change every week yeah. Unfortunately that's what's happened this season and of course fans have been frustrated about it but you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, looking at Thomas as well, I mean, yeah. I'm not too sure how he's done. Like, he's had ups and downs or whatever, but yeah. he's come from Gillingham and no disrespect to Gillingham. When you, when you go to Ipswich, you're a big club. And yeah. I used to, the term when Mingley went from Sunderland to Liverpool, mm-hmm. it's okay doing it a set, but when you go for these bigger clubs, it's, people expect more of you because you're playing in a bigger, bigger environment. And that's no disrespect to any other club in League One, by the way. I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, it's, it's a bit different playing for Gillingham, in my opinion. Yeah. And, like it'd be a bit different for me playing for Barnet playing for Gillingham it's the, the demand of you of you's higher and I think that's where some keepers come a little bit unstuck because because the bigger the bigger the club the, the bigger the expectation yeah. um, then of course you moved to Rotherham as you mentioned of course newly promoted to the championship Steve Evans was the boss mm-hmm. um, fortunately your time there wasn't as successful you know you had made a few appearances and you had loan spells out at Berry, Posh and Yeovil what sort of went wrong there for you do you reckon um, a whole a whole bunch of things really um, it was the wrong move in the fact that I rushed it because okay. it's the championship um, didn't get on with me Steve Evans Paul Rainer didn't get on with them whatsoever mm. um, I don't want to talk too much about them I'm sure there's plenty of other people that have stories about them that yeah. you can find out about but then at the same time I was again I was 26 you know if I was if I was the age I am now like 31 maybe I'd approach mm. it differently I'd be more more of a man and just kind of think right the work get on with it um, went to Bury and I think what, I was just my problem was I started to chase the game it's nice to not playing at Ipswich then going to Rotherham then fair enough he, he kept the same 11 that won the playoff final like, and then that's fine that, I, res, I respect that he, st- he, st- he stuck the lads the lads in that got him the success and you know what to do when I got in I didn't really get that much. I was taken out after two games um and then kind of knew straight away then I could see other players getting thrown in and out of the door that I'd probably be next because it was kind of like a robbing door rather than the, the money to just bring anyone in and out um, so I went to Ferry and I was kind of chasing the games that's when I kind of started thinking in my own head I've got to perform here and I'll be perfect like I said I'll be perfect honest at Ferry I just wasn't good enough I just wasn't good enough I, I had I think I had three games there and two of them just weren't, ex- weren't acceptable um, I just didn't play well I went and, and, and kind of struggled a little bit and, and it came time to think mentally what what am I doing what do I want here and I was lucky then that um, obviously Jimmy Walker funny enough he was at, at your place took yeah. me took me at Peterborough and oh my god filled me full of all sorts and I had a really really good month at Peterborough and played the Oval in that month and they took me for months after that and had a very very good month at the Oval so it was you know I was down one minute and then it just shows that bit of confidence kind of gave what I needed to to get back and play and it was after that that I thought I've got to get out of problem and just just take the drop and go and play like emergency loans you know they're they're fit, like they're fit for goalkeepers now that's the only thing that's allowed to happen for loan players and um, you, you know you're an emergency loan I think at Yeovil like, what's that like that experience being like oh god you know you've got to go down there now and play well Yeovil was funny because my wife was pregnant and okay. I, we went down I went down the day that I went down and played I spent down and played mm-hmm. so I went down not even to Yeovil, signed, went back to the hotel, went to the game at sixth place. <laughs> uh, it was like bizarre, you straight in, straight out. Mm. Uh, and I think I actually come out of the match, I had like 17 saves at Warsaw. So yeah. it was kind of like, the next day my wife came down, 
and we were due to go to the centre and all that, but I was I was ill, like, I had the flu, and I was so run down, yeah. you know, from the trip, the journey down, and then the adrenaline and stuff like that. Um, but that no, was a great set of lads at Peter Ran at Yeovil, um, welcomed me in early early doors, and I think because I got off to a good start with both, it was it was kind of like, oh, you know, they, they, I think as a goalkeeper, you let your marker down early. The lads, the lads takes you takes you pretty early, and um, it was an enjoyable couple of months. Definitely. Then um, Notts County was your next side. Of course, they were just relegated from League Two. Um, during your time there, I think they had five different managers. Kevin Nolan, one of the main ones there. Uh, what was it like, your spell there, of course, playing League Two? And... Well, Kevin Pilkett in the goalie coach at the time. He'd been, he'd been after me the year, obviously, Bart moved to Ipswich. We kind of sort of like, like a spot thing out. Yeah. Um, but obviously I said to him I couldn't turn it down the opportunity to go to Rotherham mm-hmm. and then I played against Notts County for Peterborough and that loan spell did really well and he was like look you come in this summer we've got to make it happen yeah. and um, he kind of went quiet because Roy Cowell was there at the time he was supposed to be leaving but he turned around and re-signed I think the, the chairman re-signed him without telling the manager or something like that and, um, but I still wanted to go because people said look you'll get in Roy's, Roy's 39 now you'll get your games and once you get in it's up to you to play and then obviously Roy will be done at the end of the season and I thought long term it'd be, be a good place for me to go obviously being on my doorstep and stuff like that and, and I went there I did get in um, got in did really well um, obviously Ricardo Moniston put me in Jamie Fulton put me in played finished that season really well went went on holiday thinking that's it I've cemented my place now and managed to get that one on holiday and another one came in and bought 11 new players and a, and a goalkeeper and that's how it happens and it was back to square one again so um, it, it was it was kind of like a bit of a kick in the teeth because then I'd, I'd gone from playing every week for four years to kind of having four years of football that was like I probably only played the equivalent of a year and a half's worth <laughs> Yeah, as, 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 as fans, as myself, as a fan of the, of the club, um, I always, of course, keep my eye out on different, you know, former players. And you're always one, not sad because I'm speaking right now, but you're always one player that I always sort of was always checking where you're at. And I was just still, just couldn't believe that you were playing League 2. I thought, no disrespect to League 2, but no disrespect to yourself. But I was thinking, you know, wow. And then you went on loan to York City and I was thinking, what, you know, what's going on and stuff like that. And, yeah, I just wanted to play, Matt. I just wanted yeah. to... I mean, Kev came in just, it was a weird one. There was a lot of us out there, don't get me wrong, Adam Collins, good goal, very good goalkeeper, got, mm. again, great, great lad, great goalkeeper, played, no wonder he's played Family League games, he's top man, um, he was playing, um, and I just said to Kev, well, I need to play, I need to prove to someone that, and I went to York and I had, a, you know, I think we went down on goal difference in the end, but mm. had a really good nine games for them. Um, and it was a weird one, I thought, I didn't want to keep chasing that, I, want, I wanted to go and have, a year or two of football where I knew I was playing um, and that's when Hartlepool came in I thought I knew it was confidence but I thought you know it's a big club just come play and you know people might think what I did but it, it was probably the best thing I did I went and played 100 games on the bounce um, and got double play of the year and stuff like that and kind of just wanted to let people know that you know I'm still around and not proved that the conference is too easy I'm not saying it's too easy for me I don't, and I deserve to be high but I've proved that in my time over the last three years of football 150 consecutive games and performances that look, you know, I can still, I can still play week in week out, and I can still play higher. Yeah, and of course, you know that was when you know Hartlepool because they just they've been relegated from League Two as well, and yeah. as you said, they're such a big club, you know, and yeah, it must have been great for you to be playing regularly again, and then of course the player of the season two years in a row, and then the move to sort of Barnett came about how did that sort of come about you know Darren Curry of course who spoke, I've spoken to for this podcast um, yeah. former town player himself how did that sort of come about um, 
few sniffs from the league because I did really well at Hartlepool. Um, I think they expected me. It was weird one with the contract that they didn't really they offered me one, but they didn't kind of think. I think they. I was on good money to be fair, and I knew that I wanted to cut the budget, which is fine. And I think they always kind of expected me to move back to the league. But the only ones that really came up geographically weren't ideal because my daughter was starting school and it wasn't one that I could commute to. It meant us all completely moving. Um, I just thought to myself, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to do that at the time for, for the family because obviously there's more important things sometimes in football than the chance to play for Barnet. I thought, well, I've lived in the area when I was at Watford. I could travel there still every week, and I spoke to Darren on the phone, and I knew I knew as soon as I put the phone phone down that I wanted to sign there because I knew the setup and how he was honest with me and told me the way I wanted to play, and. Um, I knew from playing in the previous year before that they were only one or two players away from competing and I thought if I can go and have another year or two just playing you know that, that like I said that'll be 150 to 200 games on the bounce and you know I'm sure it'll stand me in good stead moving forward so there was no hesitation in me going there he, um, he praised you a lot during our chat on the podcast and you know he doesn't he said that he would take you if he got like a league job or if he got Barnett into the football league he'll, he would take you um you know, what's your, you know, is your good relationship with him? And, you know, this season, of course, has now been, you know, it's voided now um, and, you know, cancelled, say, the National League. But you enjoyed, you know, this season, your first season at Barnet? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I made some good friends. Mm-hmm. I think the Catherine's assistant, they've been the whole, to be fair, the whole, they, they make the workplace good, you know what I mean? Yeah. They've got their own philosophies and they stick to it. They don't change, you know, they, they don't get drawn to, to wanting to, to play over people that play their kind of philosophies and they're just good people um, and I think you know what you're getting obviously I'm a lot older now and I you know I keep myself I go down there I go to the gym I do my work and this is what I'm saying to you for about before I've learned different things yeah. over the years and I approach it a lot differently now and I'd like to think I treat I'm one of the most professional out there I try and you know it's, people call me busy and stuff like that but I think you only get one shot at it and if you want to get back to the top or, or back up high I think you've got to do all you can and uh, I think you know <laughs> the gaffer likes that I think the gaffer just likes that there's a few of us that just I think he could rely on every week and I think he respects us for that but we also respect him and I think because he's not long stop playing I think yeah. he knows the game still like really inside out and again you, you know what it's like you know what it's like as a character and a person for being at Ipswich and he, he just loves football and he kind of tries to implement that on all of us you're, um, you're gonna be, I think you're going to be 32 this month um, mm-hmm. of course goalkeepers they go on until you know, they're 40 um, is that that is of course your goal yeah, hopefully I mean, I, touch wood put the pressure on now he's just signed for Juventus until he's 44 so yeah. <laughs> um, no I I think I, I feel really fit I'm, I, like I told you I've changed up my programme and I'm reading a lot of stuff you know reading a lot of books reading a lot of things that, that can give me that next step I, I don't eat meat anymore I, I just eat you know, a little bit of fish but um, I've not gone vegan I've, I don't know if I could do that but I try and put days you know half, definitely 50% of the week where I don't have any meat or fish just kind of do half and half kind of thing with a fit, and I'm trying to do stuff that just give me an extra percent, you know, and if it helps me stay fit and strong, and I can, and I can play, you know, whether it's a number two or a three role somewhere, and I can, or a number one role, and I play, you know, I just want to be in the game for as long as I can, and, and basically support my family, but not only, not only that, and look after and provide them. I, I want to live my dream out. Do you know what I mean? I've got, I feel like I've got loads left in me. Yeah, look at Ben Foster. Look at the, the shape he's in it. Yeah. 
at 36, nearly 37. So I'm not going to say I'm going to play in the Premier League or the Championship, but I definitely believe I could play in League One tomorrow. I definitely believe I've got a lot more to offer, especially now I've got an experienced head on my shoulders. I, 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 you know, you've got to believe in yourself as a goalkeeper, and I believe I'd be a good asset, whether that's around the dressing room or playing for for some club that, that's needed. Well, um, Scott, thank you very much. I think I don't want to take too much of your time up, but yeah, it's that's great right. to go through memories and stuff. Uh, is anything else that's that great. you want to sort of add? You just ordered my little boy an Ipswich kit this morning. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tweet it. I was just on the, um, I don't know why it's on the website, but I just saw it and I'll see in the sale, but they don't have the sponsors, do they, on the, um, no, on the kids one? No. So I thought, well, this could, if I get him the size up, it'll, it'll last a couple of years because mm-hmm. it'll just look like a, yeah. So, so when he gets that, I'll tweet a picture of him. That's brilliant. Um, as well, you named some players that you still speak to. Is there a few what sort of former town players you still sort of speak to? I've just got obviously uh, just on my Instagram. I've just got obviously got Mingzi. I've got Scoozy, Chamber, and uh, and Dizzy. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, I think. I thought I actually thought the boys would. I thought when you the way they started off the season, I thought, wow, they're going to they're going to return. But obviously, league league, league one's a tough league now. Mm. It's demanding, and, and week in week out, it's it's at any level, you, it's not easy anymore. Football football's changed, and you know, maybe maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe the stop of the season's come at the right time, or maybe it hasn't. I'm not sure. It can just give everyone time to time to reevaluate. Yeah. But be nice to see it. So it's definitely back in the championship. That's for sure. Have you, well, you can say no one deserves to be there, but I mean, come on, it's kind of the size of it. They're a championship club, if, if we're honest. Have you um, have you been back since? I know, of course, you've played. I think and probably been on the bench, um, you know, for like Rotherham and stuff. But have you been back since, just as a spectator or anything? Like, I know it's hard for yourself. No, I've not, ch- not a chance. I was yeah. actually watching the Forest because I had a, a five, um, an afternoon game or something. One mm-hmm. one year. Um, but we were away to I was at Hartlepool at the time to get back and that it just wasn't wasn't right but you know it'll be something that I definitely definitely do next time I run this way and I, and I get the opportunity to from true crime to football Brexit to Hopeville for more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon Thank you.